Hi, I'm Kirsten Chick, author of Nutrition Brought to Life, and this podcast is a companion to the book. You can listen as you read Nutrition Brought to Life, or before as a kind of preview, or after you've finished the book as a refresher. Either way, I hope this helps you make some small changes that make a big difference in your life. Hi there, Kirsten Chick here, back with another instalment of the Nutrition Brought to Life podcast, and this week we're focusing on Chapter 14, Protein Power. Whenever I ask a new group of students why we need protein, the answer is invariably to build muscles, which is correct. But there's so much more to protein than that. We looked at some of the different tissue types last week, and protein is a fundamental building block for all of them. So brain and nerve tissue, epithelial tissue and connective tissue, as well as those muscles. There are other structures that are part protein too, such as the enzymes that trigger much of the chemistry in your body, including digestive enzymes that help you break down your food and detoxification enzymes. Antibodies are also part protein. And if you don't have enough, it can affect how well your immune system works. Proteins are quite long molecules made up of shorter chains called amino acids. There are many different types of amino acid and we can make a lot of them, but some of them we have to eat as part of our diet. These are called essential amino acids and for adults there are nine of them. If a food or meal contains all nine essential amino acids, in ratios that mean we can digest and absorb enough of each of them, then we call that a complete protein. Animal proteins, such as meat, fish, eggs and dairy, are all complete proteins. If your diet is predominantly plant-based, then you can still get complete proteins into your day. Soya is a complete protein, so tofu and tempeh can be extremely useful. Other beans and pulses need combining with either nuts, seeds or grains, however, to give you a chance at getting what you need. Your best bet is to include as much variety as possible. So have different kinds of beans, chickpeas, split peas and lentils alongside mixtures of nuts and seeds and then vary your grains between rice, oats, rye, wheat and millet. If you're gluten-free, then just use the other grains. It's always been interesting to me that cultures around the world seem to have complete protein recipes. Rice and beans, lentil, dal and rice, and hummus are good examples. Hummus containing chickpeas and tahini, which is a sesame seed paste. These were developed long before we knew what amino acids were, let alone complete proteins. It's more proof that we can trust our instincts to lead the way. Another example of this is how we cook meat. High heat over a long time can damage proteins and form toxic substances called heterocyclic aromatic amines or HAAs. You can get high levels of HAAs in barbecued chicken, pan fried burgers and sausages, well done steaks, as well as microwaved fish and chicken. These HAAs are being increasingly linked to cancer 
and are in the same group of carcinogenic aromatic amines formed when tobacco is burned. Interestingly, using marinades and rubs that contain spices and black pepper seem to reduce the amount of HAAs formed when you cook meat. Again, we've been doing this since before we knew what HAAs were. Cooking meat with cabbage, a classic combination in stews, reduces HAA formation by 17 to 20%. And people who regularly eat brassicas, such as cabbage, broccoli, cauliflower and kale, have a lower incidence of cancers associated with HAAs, probably due to the levels of isothiocyanates or ITCs in that family of vegetables. ITCs are released when you finally chop the brassica, such as when you might shred cabbage to make sauerkraut, and also when you chew your food. Remember that one? If you want to find out more about proteins, check out chapter 14 of my book, Nutrition Brought to Life. Or if this is enough for you right now, well, that's plenty to be going on with. Over the next week or so, you might want to start noting things like Are you getting complete proteins every day? Are you including lots of variety in your protein intake? If you eat meat, how are you cooking it? Do you have regular brassicas, aka cruciferous vegetables, in your diet? And are you chewing them thoroughly? One last thing about proteins before I go. If you don't already, try including a little protein at breakfast and see if it makes a difference to your day. For many people, it seems to help keep blood sugar more stable. And so this seems to help with energy levels, focus, memory, and a lot more. Maybe play with this and see how you feel. Right, that really is it for this week. Next time, I'll be talking about oils. In the meantime, keep sending the wonderful feedback and share this podcast with your friends, family and communities. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Nutrition Brought to Life podcast. There's also a Facebook group you can join called Nutrition Brought to Life podcast community, where you can share useful insights and recipes, ask questions and get more support on your nutrition journey. If you haven't read it yet, there's so much more in the book, Nutrition Brought to Life, as well as all the scientific references and some glorious pictures. And you can find out more about me at kirstenchick.com.